Hey friends, this is Fun Therapy, and my name is Mike Foster. And together on this podcast, we dive into the messy and brutal, but beautiful parts of our not-so-perfect stories. And we do it with a smile. This is a gathering of wounded warriors and the rising strong. But really, this is just a place where we can always feel less alone and just be friends. Because that's what we are. And friendship is the most wonderful thing, isn't it? The gift of friendship often comes in simple little packages, like kindness and listening, high fives and hugs, precious gifts that fit in our pockets, just waiting for us to give it away to those who need it most. My name is Mike Foster, and this is Fun Therapy. Well, friends, this is it, the finale of season two. And wow, what a run this has been, this fun therapy journey that we've all been on. 18 brave and brilliant guests, almost a half a million downloads since we started this podcast. We've had hundreds of your wonderful comments and the kind things that you've left on the reviews and ratings. My, My heart is so full right now. And I just thank you for letting me come into your cars and your homes and show up at your desks and on your travels and letting me be at your workouts at the gym as you listen to this podcast and the stories. And it's just been so cool. And though this is the season finale, I would love to stay in touch with you. Love to continue to hear about your story and the things that are going on in your life. And I'd love for you to... um, be a part of my life too. And probably the best way to do that is just through Instagram. Mike Foster 2000 is my account name, my handle, whatever you call that these days, but Instagram, uh, Mike Foster 2000, Mike Foster 2000. And also my website, MikeFoster.tv is a great place to find me. And and by the way, I'm going to be announcing a new thing, a new mentorship program that I'm doing in the fall where we're going to go on this journey together of, uh, learning how to be more whole, healthy leaders and influencers and entrepreneurs. And so I'm excited about that. And um, also make sure to check out my workshop, rescueacademy.com. You've heard me talk about this over and over and over again. And the reason why I talk about it over and over again is because I love it. And it's a great way for us to connect. And it's a great way for you to leverage the not so perfect parts of your own story to help heal the world. It and it's like two days of just figuring out the fuel for your passions and your purpose and and just learning to be a great heart handler. And so if you're interested in that, come spend some time in San Diego with me, rescueacademy.com. We have a workshop coming up, rescueacademy.com. So before we begin, I wanted to say thank you to our guests who have joined us over season two 
who've shared their stories, who've opened up in a very brave and courageous way, people who have shared authentically and honestly with us and what a gift they've given us, right? And so I want to say thank you to Rebecca Lyons and Aaron Eddy, Jamie Torkowski and Carrie Garcia. Let's say thank you to Margaret Feinberg and Toby Slow and Heather Avis, Jedediah Jenkins and John A. Cuff. And of course, I also want to say thanks to Ryan O'Neill, who joined us on every episode uh, from Sleeping at Last. And if you've missed any of these episodes, I want to encourage you to revisit that and to go take a listen because what they shared was so profound and so important. And it just felt like sunshine coming into uh, our lives as they opened up and talked about the not so perfect parts. So in this episode, this special episode, I am going to talk about one of my heroes, Fred Rogers, and what we can learn from this incredible man. He's an icon, an inspiration to me. And I want to share some things from this, this new documentary called Won't You Be My Neighbor from Focus Features. And I just had the opportunity to screen that last night. And wow, oh wow, tears, smiles, it had it all. And uh, can't wait to share a little bit about that and some of the learnings that we can take away from his life. But more importantly, I want to talk to you about reminding you who you are and uh, discuss uh, the four different ways that we often deal with our pain. So if you're ready, let's dive in. So I want to talk about the chorus of the frogs, really toads to be more exact. You see, spadefoot toads live all over the American West. They gather in large groups around pools and ponds of water. And when they gather together, they sing a song. They, they pulsate and vocalize in unison, creating this really beautiful, wonderful, harmonious toad song. And spadefoot toads, they do this for two key reasons. One is for mating, obviously. The other is for protection. You see, as they, they create this unified choir, it, it makes it difficult for the, the predators, like the coyotes and foxes and the owls, to come in and, and pick off any individual toad. Literally, their, their song saves them and they're their togetherness and their synchronicity and their, their voice that is in unison brings them protection. The same is true of us. You know, we, we must collectively lock our vulnerable stories together and to create this choir that gladly sings about our brokenness. Now we're not perfect, but we are perfectly loved. And There is this beautiful strength and confidence that comes and safety that comes in numbers when we begin to hum a song together, a song of love, a song of acceptance, a song that says we don't have to be afraid anymore. We must never forget that we're not alone. I love what the author, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, said in a letter to a friend, he wrote this, and this is so cool. 
He said, most people don't have good gangs, so they are doomed to cowardice. And one of the things that I just loved about Fred Rogers and the Mr. Rogers neighborhood and the show and this wonderful documentary that I watched is that Fred helped us not be so afraid by bringing us back to this place called love. And as I watched this amazing documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, uh, I, I just so genuinely connected to the story. I just thought to myself, the world needs more of this, especially right now. In what feels like such divisive and uncertain times, we need to not be so afraid. And I just, you know, as I watched this documentary, I, I cried. I took all kinds of notes and because there's just so many great lessons for life. And I, I sat in awe as I watched this man, this humble man, this quirky man, this man that a lot of people didn't quite understand, just live out his life and do his work. And Fred said this in the documentary, and he basically said this over and over again in, in his messages and speeches and on the show. He said, love is the root of everything, love or the lack thereof. And so his message was simple, love your neighbor and love yourself. He also reminded people and it would say this in almost every, with everyone he met and whether it's children or adults or coworker, coworkers or the actors on the show, he, he would say, I like you as you are exactly and precisely as you are. And he believed that every child needed to know that, to hear that, and to be reminded of that. But I also believe adults need to hear that too. Don't you think? You need to hear those words. I like you just the way you are. Mr. Rogers would also look directly, like just fully present, like be in this sacred moment with people and look directly into their eyes. And wow, just, just this magical moment he would have with people. He just knew how to do that. And, and so he'd look into your eyes or look into the camera and you just make this deep soul connection. And he, and he would say this, he'd say, you are special. And for Fred, those words meant that, that you don't ever have to do anything sensational for people to love you. You're loved just as you are, wonderful, loaded with dignity and value and worth. And those weren't just words, you are special. Fred meant it, and he wanted it to pierce your heart and for you to live and know that that was true of you. And in many ways, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood gave us a place, a safe place, a place where it was okay to be ourselves. And just like the spadefoot toads who sing together and create a choir whose song would save them, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was a chorus that would protect us from a world that often didn't make sense. And he did it by talking about hard things, reminding us that we are truly wonderful.
So there are so many great parts of Won't You Be My Neighbor. By the way, I'm going to go see it again. Yes, it's that good. I think The Greatest Showman and now Won't You Be My Neighbor are my my two top movies of the last couple of years. And uh, as you just watch Mr. Rogers again do his life and show up in these different situations and places, you watch him go before Congress and literally save public television where he faces off with a powerful congressman. It's basically a David versus Goliath scene and, and to watch Goliath just lay down like a pussycat was just delightful. He literally saved public television to watch Mr. Rogers meet with Coco, the gorilla. You got to see this. (laughs) It's uh, it's quite a scene. It's just priceless. And Mr. Rogers gave us a lot of things. Uh, Number one, he, he gave us the permission to be ourselves so wonderful. What a gift, right? Uh, He let us belong to his neighborhood, all kinds of people, all kinds of diversity on the show and in his life. The question of, won't you be my neighbor is really the invitation to be close because every single person, my friend, you, me, strangers, enemies, people who are different than us, everyone wants to be loved and longs to know that he or she is lovable. And, and Fred did that. He created this space, this place where everyone belonged and every, everyone could be a part and everyone's voice mattered. And, and you just see this scene after scene after scene. And it's just, uh, it's just wonderful and inspiring. And but probably the best thing that, that Mr. Rogers gave us in, in all of his work and years of being on television and uh, just doing the show and in other projects is that Mr. Rogers gave us this permission to feel, to feel sadness, to feel funny, to feel scared, to feel different, and to feel confused, and to feel happy, to feel joy, to feel her pain. Oh yes, to feel the pain, to feel the grief that comes into our stories. He gave us permission to feel all of it and not to feel weird or funny or odd or like you didn't fit anymore because you felt things. He said, you feel whatever you need to feel and it's safe to feel things around me. It's it's safe to talk about these things in the neighborhood. And this, this topic of pain, I, I, I'm so passionate about it and the need to, to touch our pain and not to run from it or be scared of it, but to let it be our superpower. And so for over the years of working with individuals, there's sort of four ways that I've seen people deal with their pain. Maybe you are dealing with your pain right now in one of these ways. And the the first way that I see people deal with their pain is to amputate it, simply cut it off, to ignore it, to throw it away, to pretend that it doesn't exist. The second way that we often deal with our pain is we medicate it. We just numb it out. 
for all kinds of things, whether it be alcohol, drugs, shopping, Facebook, eating. We just numb it out and we try to dull it so we don't have to feel it so much. There's amputate, amputate it, we medicate it. The third way I see people deal with their pain is they fabricate it. And what I mean by that is we give it meaning and power and this mythology that it does not deserve the event and then the meaning that we gave to it. And, and typically from our pain comes this myth of not being enough. We ascribe or fabricate a story about ourselves that just isn't true. Uh, maybe you were bullied on the playground, right? And that incident and you being scared and you being judged and you being made fun of in that moment, you believed and fabricated a story, a mythology about who you were, that, that you were different or that you were not lovable when really the story and that moment of pain says way more about the bully than it says about you. Or maybe you take on the responsibility and the mythology of it being your fault for something happening, knowing that it is not your fault. Maybe your parents divorced, or maybe there's some sort of crime that was perpetrated on you. And so you build and you fabricate this story that makes sense to you. But at the end of the day, it's pure mythology. This is what our pain loves to do. So in these, these unhealthy ways, we, we amputate it, cut it off, we medicate it, we numb it out. Sometimes we fabricate it, we give too much meaning and power to the story. And maybe the fourth and most healthy way in the way that what we're trying to do here is to integrate it. We use the pain as fuel. We use it as a launching point to help heal others, to, to give us a new confidence and a strength, a, a, a clarity about our lives and who we are, and that the pain has given us the opportunity to burn away all the stuff that doesn't belong to us, doesn't need to be in our stories, all the, all the, the stuff that just, just was heavy. We didn't need to carry that burden. The pain can just um, be integrated into us. Those are, those are the four kind of key ways that I see us deal with our pain. And, and Mr. Rogers helped us do this and he helped us talk about it. And I don't know how life is right now for you, how today feels for you. Maybe there's a burden. Maybe there's a fear, a place inside your heart that doesn't feel love. And maybe that's the place we need to talk about the most right now before we end. That's the place we need to go. So here's what I believe. The greatest evil is when anyone tries to make you feel less than through their actions, through their words, through their ideas, anyone or anything that seeks to strip away value from you. This is the greatest wrong that we could ever perpetrate on each other. And I want you to listen to me. 
Listen close. For some of you, the reason you tune into this podcast, the reason why these stories matter to you, is because you're searching for someone or something to tell you that you are not a mistake, that you're okay. In this question of, am I loved? Do I belong? Do I get to be a part of the neighborhood where I am accepted as I am? This question that rumbles inside of you below the surface of, am I a mistake? It is the the engine to our perfectionism and our shame and our fears and our addictions and our destructive choices. And let me tell you, friend, you are not the only one who is asking this question. You are not the only one who is wondering. You're not the only one who thinks that somehow God has messed up on you and your story. You're not the only one thinks that you might be a mistake. And so as we close, I want to share with you an interaction that happened on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood between Lady Aberlene and Daniel Tiger. And Daniel Tiger, who is voiced by Mr. Rogers, this frayed, semi-faded tiger puppet. And by the way, out of all the characters Mr. Rogers played on the show, uh, Daniel Tiger uh, was the most like Mr. Rogers and most was was the voice and resembled Fred Rogers' heart and fears and who he was. And so Daniel Tiger asks for all of us in this scene and in this song. So all of us sometimes feel this way. This this question is for me, it's for you, and even Fred Rogers. We wonder if we are a mistake. And instead of talking about it, I want you to hear the song that Lady Aberlene and Daniel Tiger sing together about this deep human question. And I want you to listen to the words and I want you to hear Lady Aberlene's response to Daniel, to hear the words she sings over him as he struggles with his doubts. Because this, as season two comes to a close, is what I so desperately want you to know about how I feel about you and who you are. You know something, Lady Aberlin? What, Daniel? I've been wondering about something myself. Something about Mr. Skunk? Something about mistakes. What is it? I've been wondering if I was a mistake. If you were a mistake? <laughs> what do you mean, Daniel? Well, for one thing, I've never seen a tiger that looks like me. No. And I've never heard a tiger that talks like me. No. And I don't know any other tiger who lives in a clock. No, neither do I. Or loves people. Oh, Daniel. Sometimes I wonder if I'm too tame. Sometimes I wonder if I'm a mistake. I'm not like anyone else I know when I'm asleep or even awake. Sometimes I get to dreaming that I'm just a fake. I'm not like 
anyone else. Others I know are big and are wild. I'm very small and quite tame. Most of the time I'm weak and I'm mild. Do you suppose that's a shame? Often I wonder if I'm a mistake. I'm not supposed to be scared, am I? Sometimes I cry and sometimes I shake. Wondering, isn't it true that the strong never break? I'm not like anyone else I know. I'm not like anyone else I you are just fine as you are I really must tell you I do like the person that you are becoming when you are sleeping when you are waking you are my friend it's really true I like you Crying or shaking Or dreaming or breaking There's no one mistaking it You're my best friend I think you are just fine as you are I really must tell you I do like the person that you are becoming when you are sleeping when you are waking you're not a fake you're no mistake you are my friend I Most of the time, I'm weak and I'm lying. Do you suppose that's a shame? I wonder if I'm just fine as you are. I'm not supposed to be scared. Sometimes I cry and sometimes I shake. Wondering, isn't it true that the strong never break? I'm not lying. Anyone else? No, I'm not lying. No mistake. I think you are just fine, exactly the way you are. The way I look? Yes. The way I talk? <laughs> yes. The way I love? Especially that. You don't think I'm a mistake. You're the tiger I love most in this whole universe. Oh, thanks, Lady Aberlin. I love you, too. Ah, yes. And so now as we close this season, 
let me say to you what Lady Aberlene said to Daniel Tiger, when you are sleeping, when you are waking, you're not a fake, you're no mistake. It's really true, I like you. Crying or shaking or dreaming or breaking, there's no one mistaking it. You are my friend. Now, fun therapy, community, family, until our paths cross again, I wish you goodness and love, kindness and compassion for yourself and one another. And remember, I like you just the way you are. My name is Mike Foster, and this was Fun Therapy. Podcast Network.